You put a thing in your septum. I'm going to put a thing in my septum which- and blew out my colon. I'm sorry. Everybody. Welcome back to Lunchtime in Rome. We invite you to have a seat at the table. Um, we are lunchtimeinrome.com, episode 76. Um, this episode is titled Amanda Fernandez, The Sequel, Good to Better. So if you're here last week, we had Amanda on the show, episode uh, 75, and that was part one. So this is the, uh, the cliffhanger Uh the ending of the cliffhanger here. Um, first time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, pocket cast, etc., etc. Please give us a five star review. It really helps us out a lot. Um, also visit us at lunchtime So you can contact us or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook where we're live every week on Facebook. Facebook's just a great place to come and hang out and be live um, interaction. Um, so if, if that's your thing and you can do it, we welcome you to join us on Facebook. Um, also on our website, we have the relational needs questionnaire. So again, lunchtimeinrome.com. Uh, and then you can fill out the relational needs questionnaire, which is going to help you understand your own emotional needs and also help you understand how to relate emotionally to other people, which is super important and kind of the whole reason we do this podcast. Uh, Jay's going to explain a little bit more about why we do this podcast. Everyone, no matter who they are, where they are, what they do, how much money they have, where they live, they go through the same problem, and that is feeling alone. At some point in time, they feel alone. And that goes all the way back to the beginning of time where Adam, uh, whether you believe in a seven-day creation or if it's just figurative, but regardless, in the Bible, Adam was alone, and the solution was a relationship. And so we talk about how to keep people from feeling alone, and we base that on Romans twelve fifteen, which is a book in the Bible, a verse in the Bible which is rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. It's not fixing people. It's not directing people. It's joining them in their emotions so that they don't feel alone. And so that is why we call it lunchtime, 1215 in Rome, Romans. And so for the first 20 minutes of this podcast, we are sitting around the literal but more figurative table and modeling that behavior, how to join each other in our emotions by just going over life as if we were hanging out and having lunch in Rome. The next 20 minutes, we talk about the topic of the day, which today it's going from good to very good in your relationship. And then we talk about some news items in the end that are funny. We call them uh, do better and can't do better. And we try to and very rarely attach those to emotional needs. Yeah, we started off on a good foot with that. And we really were diagnosing two weeks even because that was the whole point of that whole sketch. Hey, let's let's do betters and let's see why people are so hurt. What needs are not being met. We just started making fun of people. We just did. (laughs) And celebrating. Yeah. For the can't do better. Sure. Um, and I also want to say that Chris is back. Chris is back. Oh, I'm so excited. B-A-C-K, back. Chris Woo. is here. He was. He has lots of stories. Eric is also here, but he's behind the scenes right now. and uh, He's doing the fancy camera work. Once again, we do have Miss Amanda, Mrs. Amanda Fernandez. I keep wanting to call you Miss Sackick, but you know, you're not there anymore. You've moved no. on in your life. Um, I, I had a thought about the whole joining people today. It can be applied to so many things, like sales. How, how great it is as a salesperson to understand all this um, oh emotional my gosh, needs. Because yes. you can get into that. It, huh? I feel like that's all it is. 
you can't even talk. Yeah. Stop talking. <laughs> Nobody can even hear you. Um, but yeah, anyways, like it was just like, I could use this in sales. You know, any anything that you can do to get a leg up on people, right? Well, if I go back to all my time in Young Life and one of the mottos in youth ministry, uh, reaching out to high school students in Young Life is we meet kids where they are. Mm-hmm. And so that means we don't hope we don't hold events and hope they come to the events. You go and you go to their sporting events and you hang out in the student section, stuff like that. And I didn't learn all the stuff about emotional needs until after I left Young Life staff. And I thought, well, do we meet kids where they are emotionally? Mm -hmm. Do we join them in their emotion or do we try to change them? Right. So there. Great. So let's talk about what we've done this week. Chris, would you start us off because you were not here? I would love to. He has not been here in a minute and a half. Yeah. We, my family, we've, we've had sort of the, um, mid Atlantic U.S. summer tour 2020, (laughs) which I know 2020 is, is a quarantine time, but as much as we could, thank you for discounting what you just said, (laughs) but we, as much as we could, we wanted to just travel a little bit and and see some things. My son is going into his senior year of high school. He's never really like seen a college campus. And so we're like, Hey, we're going to go and, and just tour a few campuses. Now schools aren't doing like official tours, you know, cause COVID, but, um, we at least wanted to, you know, give him a feel for what different size campuses were like and just, you know, take walks around and, and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, we have our, our new vehicle we wanted to, what? Yeah. Uh, and we have an electric vehicle and we wanted to see how it did. You're really not going to drop the name. Well, we've done that before. <laughs> we, I, not every, not everybody listens to every episode. Chris. We, we have, a, we purchased a Tesla model Look three. bragging wow. about the I, Tesla. You made me say that. <laughs> <laughs> And Chris, we'd never taken that on a road trip either, so we wanted to see I love see the Tesla, that, man. Uh, it's fun. Just rock it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah. So, our first little getaway was sort of like a, a loop of Pennsylvania. We went and so we saw Penn State University campus, which Ben loved. I, I'm sure that was his favorite. We looped all the way over to Lehigh, which is kind of near Philly. Mm-hmm. King of uh, Prussia. Yeah. King mm-hmm. of Prussia Mall. That was... How was... Closed. Did you go to the mall? <laughs> we went to the mall. It oh, was open. actually open. <gasps> yes. Wow. And you said there were some bad vibes. Yeah. Oh. I, I mean, apparently, um, a, a couple weeks before that, there had been protests slash rioting. I don't know how serious the rioting was, but there were definitely some tensions. And it was... Um, I just... Everybody just sort of seemed to be being extra careful detached extra, yeah like no eye contact yeah a lot of just sort of mm-hmm. putting walls up maybe mm-hmm. you know if it, yeah big yeah. mall so, though huge yeah um some stores were closed you know amy didn't quite get the experience she was absolutely you know hoping for but but it was it was pretty good and then we looped back around we stopped at gettysburg i'm a bit of a civil war buff and and ben got to see a smaller college gettysburg college and and uh, did he say like where's the rest of it <laughs> when you start with penn state right 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 not that we saw all well we did we drove around a big chunk of penn state so yeah it was a lot smaller but it was like you you go to penn state and the buildings are so old and then you go to lehigh did i say, yeah we stopped mm-hmm. at lehigh oh my goodness those buildings are like ancient even compared to like to, mm-hmm. to state college and same kind of thing in Gettysburg, just buildings that are, you know, 200, I don't wow. know, almost two, we'll say almost 200 years old. I think wow. the oldest building was 1823. 
wow. at Gettysburg. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just it was cool stuff. And then our second trip, <laughs> it was just Amy and I because we are celebrating our twentieth wedding anniversary this year. Ooh, Congratulations! Yeah, and um, in a row. In a, that's right. We didn't take any break. That's right. <laughs> Twenty in a row. And um, our favorite place on earth, aside from home, is um, Ocracoke, North Carolina, in the Outer Banks. And you and like it better than home. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. In some in some ways, I mean, vacation can always be a you know, it's a getaway for a reason. But we had a great trip. Super hot weather, of course, but um, the water was great. The beach was great. The village was great. I will say this, though. Last thing I'll say on it. You have time. We haven't heard from you in two weeks. People have been saying, what's going on with Chris? What's I, the deal with Chris? They've all been saying that, I'm sure. Um, Hurricane Dorian came right through Ocracoke last September. And I've, I mean, they've had hurricane damage before. We've gone down like a lot of times over the past several years. This is the first time that there, I mean, we like... There were small buildings just gone. Um, there were larger buildings that were were just still gutted and and no signs of well, like the giant started. like you said the giant hotel that they yeah. don't really have many hotels right 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 it's like three st- how many it's stories a three story hotel that's very it's very beachy looking but it is a hotel and it um yeah it was just you know doors wide open windows out just I don't know if they're just oh. airing it out or if it's set for demolition I really don't know other places were. Actively under construction. Some places were closed and saying that they were going to reopen at some date um, in the future. Well, why, why even try now with COVID? You know, I mean, maybe that's a factor. I'm not. I'm not even like not even joking about that. Why even try right now? Like as far as yeah, right. Well, You're going to open up for what? Believe it or not, it was pretty busy down there. Yeah. Which well, the beach is different. No, yeah, there's no COVID at the there's beach. There's no COVID at the beach. So I mean, people were they were very strict about their masks. Um, I wondered about that. We, yeah, I think Eric, was it you or was it you, Chris, that we talked about? Would they be because Ocracoke? Do you know where Ocracoke yeah. is? Right. It's so for those who are listening. It's you take a ferry ride for fifty minutes off of the southernmost tip of the Outer Banks, and it's it's like a land forgotten. Like, right. It's its own world. Mm-hmm. So I thought, on the one hand, they're so fiercely independent, they could be like, right. Bah. But on the other hand, they could be like, wear your mask. Mm. Yeah, they seem to be pretty Where strict. <laughs> and there were a couple businesses that even had signs to the effect of, you know, we're we're a small island. Um, we don't have many medical facilities. Mm. And they don't. Please be respectful of that. Because mm-hmm. any, anybody who would get seriously sick down there has to fly somewhere. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, yeah. So there were a lot of masks, but it was still fairly busy. But just I've never seen the damage for like the, from Hurricane Dorian like that. Mm-hmm. And we're almost to hurricane season again. So yeah. I'm really like... I don't know. I, yeah, Part of a, my heart is down there, so it's like yeah. it's hard to, to go and, and see that that it's still you know it's almost a year old this damage and yet it, they're still barely starting right. like to rebuild. Right. So. Well, and that goes to you know my heart has broken since February not for inherently the virus which certainly it does, but for people that that's not their biggest problem. You know, like mm-hmm. I know somebody that was diagnosed yeah. with breast cancer in March, and yeah. it's mm-hmm. like. When a pandemic is not your biggest problem. Mm. I did another funeral. I did two funerals since the last time we talked. Mm. And for some people, that's like the worst thing that's ever happened to them. And so for these people whose lives and everything else. Oh, and then you get a pandemic on top yeah. of that. Right. You know, and you talk about comfort and you talk about joining somebody, mm. you know, I, they're probably numb and, and in shock. Mm-hmm. We can I, I tell you one very quick story about trying to 
you know, listen mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to people down there. We, we walked into a shop and um, the, the, the shop owner, a uh, lady name, funnily enough, is Amy. We know many Amy's, but uh, <laughs> uh, her name is Amy. And um, I was I just happened to be over looking at this lineage. You, you remember Howard Street. Howard is a big name on mm-hmm. Ocracoke. It goes way back to like the first. Uh, it's n- like Blackbeard and, and Howard. Howard. Right, right. So it was the the lineage of Howard. And um, she was pointing out that the Howard family. So it, it ends in Lachlan Howard, who actually, she said, that's the young man who was out on the, the porch playing the the uh, the instrument as you came in. And there were, there were hmm. indeed there was. It was probably about. 14 years old and and uh, playing one of those little squeeze box things that I found out they're called concertinas. Hmm. How about that? It was, but it was, it, he was playing it very well. And um, and this was his his mother. And so we got it. And, and so I just got into a little bit of the, you know, looking at the hurricane damage. And then I just stopped and like let her talk about it. And that hmm. was like really, I don't know. It was, it was, it felt good to be able to just let her Tell talk, her story. Yeah. Talk for a few minutes and, and And what did you how did you respond? Did you give her um, a Bible verse? I no no, I did not actually <laughs> All things give, work for those who love and serve the Lord. No. I just told her how um hard it must be and how you know our, our thoughts and prayers were with her and, and everybody down there and that um you know just how I couldn't imagine having to just rebuild so much um, knowing that, you know, like the, there's another hurricane season on mm-hmm. the way. Right. And, and maybe the, not for 25 years. Right. Well, you don't know. That's the right. thing is you don't know when it's going to hit you. Or it could be in three weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there you go. I would like to point out for the record, Brian, I want yes, to say that you did a nice job and I did a nice job of not pointing out the poor 14 year old whose name is Lachlan, Lachlan yeah. <laughs> playing a squeeze box mm-hmm. on the porch. I feel like that's the way it should be, though. If, I thought if, it was beautiful. If that's the lineage of your family, were like, there I, other Lachlans? Oh, pre, um, that's a good question. I'm not. Was sure. he Lachlan the third? Uh, in which no. case, I celebrate that. Oh. Yeah, I celebrate it anyhow. But a cute story, and good job hanging cute. out and being there. <laughs> it's a cute story. I a aim Lachlan for, out there playing a I squeeze box. Stories. I like little Lachlan, 14 years old. Yeah, I don't think he'd appreciate you calling him little. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anything new in your My world? bad, Lachlan. Uh, not on, much. He's on the ferry right now, coming up to get a piece of it. <laughs> oh, snap. I'm on the lookout. Uh, anything new in my world? Um, I mean, not really. It's it's uh, it's pool season, so I do a lot of that. And we just had brats and hamburgers again tonight. We had them the other night, and I think we had them the night before that, too. So um, but eating a lot of that kind of grilled food. Sure. Um, I think the other big thing for me that happened this week is um, I got some um, snoring aids in the mail today. Um, I, I've been snoring apparently. Zippa? No, it's maybe. He's very excited. Maybe about that's it. what it's, it's his passionate about. Maybe that's what it's called. Aids. I don't know. Z-Y-P-P-H? Um, I, I think I might have got a knockoff, but I got these things that look almost looks like a septum ring that goes in in the tip of your nose. Um and it's supposed I'm, I'm going to try him tonight because apparently like I've just been keeping Alexis up all night and I'm like, well, kick me out of bed. And she's like, hey, yeah, oh, and she's she does, sweet. she doesn't. Oh, she, she's so, sweet. so that's that's been like the snoring has been the big thing, which, um, you know, I, like I, every once in a while I catch myself like I'll wake up. Do the Yeah, but I don't realize <laughs> it's like 
it's become like an all night thing, and I don't know why. But it is snoring. It's not like oh, it's, apnea. It's not you're gasping for air. No, I'm also gasping for air. Okay. It's sleep apnea. So, and then with that comes the fact that I still have my class B. And if you, um, at least from what I understand from the doctor, if you are diagnosed with sleep apnea, you can't have your class B uh, driver's license, um, which you don't need. I don't want to lose it though. Okay. I don't want to lose that. So I'm going to, you know, I mean, if it comes to it, then sure. that, that's what will happen. But, um, start with the nose ring, start with the nose ring, the septum, uh, piercing, which my children thought you already had anyhow, or at least one of them did. Remember? Uh, it's just a booger. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> really that, that puts you over the top, man. Oh, I'm easily grossed out. <laughs> um, I don't have you, children yet. It's a good thing you and Chris are here today. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Chris has got a real queasy stomach for that kind of stuff as well. Uh, yeah, you don't, you don't like poop talk, do you? Hey, so anyway, so <laughs> this this thing is this like in lieu of the whole sleep apnea machine? Is this like it's the a, new thing? I don't know. Like it's, a, a, it's a first step. Okay. You know, it's 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 meant to. So when you snore, you have the the back of your tongue touching the palate of your like the back of your throat, and it actually prevents you from getting air. So like I'm to the point, and it's it's genetic. My grandfather. My granddaddy snored. Her. My, <laughs> my daddy snored. Like my dad has a CPAP machine. Yeah, he like, does. Yeah. He comes How did in, that just come co- on like all of a sudden though? You didn't I, have it all your life? No, I've snored a lot, but it's oh. not been this bad. You know, like like sh- she's been able to like, you know, slap me or something and uh, I'll stop snoring the rest of the night. But like apparently nothing helps this time. So and it's it's been a couple months and like I want her to have a good night's sleep. You know, but she's at the point where she's got earplugs in and, you know, it's just, it's, it's not the way that I want it to be. And I want to wake up feeling better, yeah. you know, cause like, I guess I've lived with it so long now that I'll wake up and I'm like, man, I just, I feel run down. And it's like, if I looked at what I was mm-hmm. doing while I was sleeping, no wonder, like I'm fighting for air. So, yeah. um, so you put a thing in your septum, I'm going to put a thing in my septum, which and- sounds like it's designed to just keep you awake and therefore you won't snore. <laughs> I just won't sleep. <laughs> I just won't sleep. No, I don't know how it's designed to keep my air passage open. I have no idea how. So I'm interested. I'm going to see what happens tonight. Um, and I will report back next week. And, and I'm anxious for you because it's like, if it works, how exciting. How exciting. And then if it doesn't, gosh, CPAP, what do we do? Now I become Darth Vader and get the CPAP Gotta go machine. Got to sleep study. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to do all that. Nah, I just don't want to do that stuff. I'm you want to be that guy? No, I just don't. You got to clean your CPAP machine. Yep, don't want to do <laughs> that. Go I already got bad ankles, and I got to wear compression stockings. I blew out my colon. I'm supposed to be eating fiber. Now I'm going to be a CPAP machine. <laughs> now oh, I'm going to be a CPAP machine. I'm going to be on a CPAP machine. <laughs> so hopefully my septum piercing will solve all that. Oh, and Can I call you C3PAPO? You... <laughs> No, that's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst. It's funny. That's a good dad joke. Um, you or Amanda? I, I will go and then we'll go to Amanda. All right, let's um, do that. You know, I keep being a pastor. Uh, we had church oh, on Sunday, and that was cool because we had some more people. And we had, it's weird, in the last two weeks, we've had two visitors, which, like, you know, most churches, you don't have even people coming, and now we have new people coming. But we also have people not coming that, you know, mm-hmm. but it was good to have some more numbers this week, you know, with our amended mask policy, mm-hmm. which was a lot of, I think we talked about that last week a mm-hmm. little bit, a little bit, but we had some people come back, which is good. I mean, we're still being safe and careful and all that stuff, but I did, you know, your aunt's funeral last mm-hmm. Thursday. Is that what it was? I have something for you. I'm okay. not gonna, I won't give it to you now, but okay, good. <laughs> is it a CPAP machine? It is not. <laughs> okay. Um, it's fun. Good. So there's that. And then I did a funeral yesterday um 
for a, a couple that I married. I think I meant, did I mention them last week? I don't know if you mentioned them on the podcast. Yeah, they're my superstar couple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so he passed away in the funeral was yesterday and it was just so beautiful. You talk about comfort and, and I love to be able, I've talked about how in funerals I feel like, cause I'm not, I don't have my masters of divinity. I don't have my doctorate in pastoral care or whatever. I just have learned how to love mm-hmm. people. And so historically, um, funerals are my most difficult because mm-hmm. they're very liturgical. And if you watch somebody who does a funeral, it's like, but you know, they know exactly what they do. And, you know, I just kind of get up and I try to comfort people and point to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we talked last week about when you don't really know the people. So that's kind of yeah. fun too. Cause mm-hmm. you're kind of like guessing and you try to put it together. And so this guy is amazing that, that died. I mean, only 60 years old, mm. uh, but backbone of his family and he runs saxon golf course up in saxonburg his dad Mm -hmm. built the course his dad's turning 97 on saturday he's still alive Mm -hmm. so he had to bury his son which is terrible um and like one time his family complained that it took too long to get back from fireworks in traffic so the next year guess what saxon golf course hosts fireworks for the entire community and they've Mm -hmm. done it ever since saxonburg is a cool little town too. it is it really is and so it was just an honor to be there and I was, I gave the quote unquote eulogy and, and, and it was, I felt like I nailed it for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, you know, but then um, it was his one, he had four, three stepdaughters and a full daughter or three stepchildren and one that, you know, that mm-hmm. was his. Um, so anyhow, it was a, one of his stepdaughters and then his natural daughter and two grandsons together just came up all at once and they spoke. They were the only other people mm. to speak. And so the ages were probably 30 and then three 18 year olds mm. or mm. give or take a year or two either way. Mm. And I thought, you know, and I said this, so they're both and they're fighting through it and the one sobbing and they're just talking about the greatest of memories. Mm. He's a pilot, taught himself how to fly wow. and he built his own runway on the golf course wow. and That's he would awesome. take them flying and, and just the tears coming down. And so I'm standing behind them just not bawling audibly, mm. but just both eyes Dripping. crying. And I thought, what an honor to cry alongside yeah. of these mm-hmm. people. And I'm an outsider. Like I'm the one yeah. they're looking at going, you don't know what yeah. here, you know? Right. So that was just an honor is the only way I can put that. Mm-hmm. It was just such an honor to be there and to lift them up. Cause when they were done, I said, you know, with each generation, our society gets a whole lot worse at communicating. Mm-hmm. You know, I know kids today that can't talk to their families, mm-hmm. you know, volleyball players of mine, don't want to order fast food because they have to talk to another human being. Mm. And yet here are these four, eh, three younger with all due respect to the stepdaughter. She might be 30, so she doesn't count. And so I said that and just Mm. how impressive it was. And so it was just an honor to be there and to be a part of that. Um, So that's what I've been doing. And then I've been working on a glaze for my Caribbean chicken, (laughs) um, which I make a Caribbean chicken, which is basically half soy sauce, half orange juice marinade. Mm. And then you grill it. But I thought, wow, if I could take the marinade and then reduce it down, add sugar and make it a glaze over top of it. Um, and it was okay, but I'll report on it next time because it wasn't perfect. Do you remember that stretch of shows that we did where you would bring, bring food in? <gasps> I, th- I almost brought the chicken, oh, the chicken, it's the pork chop. Sorry. I almost brought some over, but then I thought, nah, that's just self-aggrandizing. Mm-hmm. It, well, that's why, you stopped, do- right. that's why you stopped we were- doing it. Right. And. Eric and I were very adamant that it's not. <laughs> we didn't do it because I made three that were glazed and three that weren't glazed. Oh, uh, but I don't know what that means. It still so, means you should bring food. Right. Sorry. Amanda. Oh, you were. 
Are you all, all done? That's or? my story, and I'm sticking to it. All righty. Sticking to it like glaze. Amanda, you've this is the second week in a row you've been here, so you can casually do a, hey, I was here last I'm week. So now excited. I have an update. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, just hanging out with family. Yeah. What were the best my parts? Nieces, um, well, one of the things I really loved was watching The Lost World with my aunt and making chocolate chip cookies. I have a question. Yes. What's The Lost World? Oh, Jurassic Park. Ah, okay. The sequel, right? The no, movie. It's the. It's kind of like the twelfth sequel. A new set of series. It seems like. And you watch that with your them, my aunt, my aunt, and my mom. Aww. We made chocolate chip cookies. It was wonderful. Wait, are these the? Is this the one with Jeff Goldblum? But he's older now. Wait. No, he wasn't it. Chris your Pratt. aunt is Jeff Goldblum. Oh, 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 oh! Those ones. <laughs> Jeff okay. Goldblum yeah. got Chris, mentioned last track. The Chris Pratt ones. Oh, did he? Sorry, yeah. Oh, well, that's right. No, Jeff Being Goldblum's in a uh, oh. remake of uh, Independence Day, I think. Is that uh, what we... Could, I, that, could be. That How dare right? they Will remake Smith, Will Smith They already didn't. remade it, though. Oh, really? Well, that maybe with, that's... That's what, the one with, Je- with that's Jeff with Goldblum, Jeff. but Will okay. Smith was not in it. Yeah, I don't know. But yes, uh-huh. the Chris Pratt ones. Yeah, those yeah. are pretty good. I yeah. like those ones. But you watched that with... Yeah, with my aunt and my mom. Nice. That's your mom's sister? Yeah. Any good food you've eaten this week? Chocolate chip cookies. Definitely chocolate chip cookies. Um, Were they made by the famous French uh, baker Nestle Toulouse? Yes. Say <laughs> mm. yes. Um, for food, well, my sister-in-law made a really good dish. It was chicken and a lot of butter, and it's like a casserole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good. And this is sorry. Um, oh my gosh! I'm moving everyone's <laughs> microphone. So, saying lean in a bit. When you say sister-in-law, this is yeah. your brother's wife, yeah, not Michael's correct sister, yeah, because Michael's from Long Island. No, Long Island. Yes. 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 Good. Slide over. And okay. is he back from California tomorrow? Tomorrow. So yes. you're still missing him. Yes. And then you go back. We go back on the third, August third. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he'll be here for a while. Yeah. That's nice. And he gets yes. to spend time with your family. Are you guys yeah. going back to Long Island? No, we're going back to LA. Because we've been here for a while. Yeah, a long time. And we did the um, New York trip already. That's right. You did that yeah. first. So So then you're going back out to LA. You're going to be out there for the foreseeable future. Okay. Yeah. Nice. You're going back to... Uh, never mind. Dip out. It's, no, I actually think it's not nearly as bad as I have been anticipating because he's been having a blast every day. Oh, really? Yeah. He actually test drove um, a Tesla. Oh, nice. Yeah. And yeah, every day he's been going on adventures. So, like, And yet desperately missing you. Of course. That's crying right. every Crying day. every time. <laughs> I had the best time ever today. I'm actually, I'm really thankful. I don't know how this is going to sound, but... I'm really thankful that we both are quite independent people mm-hmm. and we, you know, lived on our own and all of that stuff before we met each other. So we're not like, yes, we miss each other, but it's like we're having a lot of fun with our family or our friends or, you know. And you can so celebrate that for and, and with each other yeah, and not yeah, yeah. feel bad and about ex- that. And looking forward to seeing each other, not like. Oh, yeah, that would I suck. You're saying I wish you weren't here. No, I'm like, that would be. <laughs> Well, there's times there and there are couples that have similar things that they um, are constantly like, you know, fighting on and trying to improve. It is true. So I mentioned earlier, a great segue up until the point where, what'd you say? Michael said he's crying right now. Uh, Michael's crying. (laughs) He is quite a funny guy. (laughs) I'm sure he's not crying. (laughs) 
He's crying over the not having the chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys watch the Lost World Jurassic Park? Oh, man. I wonder what he's watching. Is he a movie guy? Yeah. What kind of I movies? don't think he's been really watching movies. He's, he's out he's driving Teslas, having, having the time of his life. Yeah. Well, he's listening. So, uh, Michael, you're at the table with us. So share whatever you want about your life and just whatever you've been doing to pass the time. Crying. He says he's crying right now. I love it. But he's crying can because he's missing. Can I have a picture of him crying? <laughs> oh, because you don't believe that? <laughs> Anything your wife says that you disagree with, feel free to you know just share that publicly. Absolutely. Don't you Absolutely. Do. <laughs> so you had a segue that was yeah, great was until you good. said I know I it's know. a great segue which it. then ruins the segue it does <laughs> speaking of forms of transportation that uh, uh, segue yeah battery powered exactly mm-hmm. um, mall cops anyhow um, <laughs> Paul Blart speaking of movies so I mentioned earlier in the very beginning of time if you are a Christian and if not then you can be a literary expert and just look at the Bible whether you believe it or not I don't want to say I don't care but God creates everything and it's good. And then he creates Adam and it's not good because Adam was alone. And that's why we've focused so much on being alone. But what we want to focus on tonight is uh, the fact that once God created a relationship, he created Eve. So Adam and Eve were together. So the solution to God's first problem on earth wasn't more of himself, but in fact was a relationship. And that's how important relationships are, which is why we focus this entire podcast on that, on relationships. Then it says it was very good. Mm-hmm. And so if you ask couples, hey, how's your marriage doing? How are things uh-huh. going? You get oh, doing all right. Ah, better than most. Better than my uh, brother yeah. and sister and his family. Mm-hmm. You might even get good. But the actual answer, the goal is very good mm-hmm. as far as what God has designed for us. Right. And so this week I got a text from somebody who sits at the table very much. Um, but for tonight... Uh, like before, she goes by the name of Trixie. Trixie. Trixie is married to Malcolm, and this is a surprise, but it is not their real names, but I'm blowing <laughs> up their spot, hmm. so we're going to keep them confidential. But I, they they told me, hey, well, Trixie told me, our marriage was good. It was quite good. But in listening to what you guys teach, it has now become very good. So what I want to do mm. is read her Thank you, uh, message to us. And then what I want to do is reflect on what she said and how that might apply in our own lives and yeah. what makes our relationships very good. And are we talking just the marriage relationship or are we just talking like very tight relationships that we have in general? I think it well, certainly it applies to all relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be the goal to be very good. Mm-hmm. This is specifically yeah. a husband wife situation. Okay. Uh, she said, I had always just assumed that because uh, Malcolm was quiet, that he didn't have much to say. He assumed that because I wasn't quiet, that I was already saying everything I needed and wanted to. Neither was true. By listening to the podcast, he realized that he could bring things up that bothered or worried him in a way that he could be accepted by me or that could be accepted by me. I realized, she said, that I could talk to him about my worries in a way that wouldn't further burden him. We both agree that the way that we can do that is through a series of targeted questions and conversations that way it wasn't random or without reason which may feel like an attack she said i learned that he didn't feel like supporting us financially was enough so he's a quiet guy that just goes through life supporting for the family Mm -hmm. he didn't feel like that was enough and i learned that although 
I felt like that was all that I expected, that that was seen as low expectations, which of course was never her intention. The meeting someone where they are and looking deeper for the hurts has been huge for each of us. Each week we listen to the podcasts, but our, your podcast, but separately. That way we can talk about it. And then she puts in parentheses, your podcast is our safe, non-judge, non-judgy space. When we are ready, we talk about it. We don't feel pressured to discuss a part of the podcast based on the other's reaction to something that is said or the facial expressions while listening. Mm. I can tell you how much the discussions about different needs, um, what they look like, and how to meet them has meant to us. Wow. Mm. Um, and then in having a, a separate conversation with her, uh, we talked about it and she just sort of said like the fact that he can write out, hey, this is what I need or mm -hmm. this is where this hurt my feelings because he is a more quiet guy and that she also has the opportunity. And so that goes to what we talked about as far as being open and honest and vulnerable mm -hmm. that they had learned to live with each other, but now they were able to take it a step and go deeper. Mm -hmm. So it's incredibly humbling, first of all, to to know that this is, you know, and, and, and enabling that, enhancing that, um, causing those conversations to happen. Um, and number two, that that's incredibly, um, it's hard work. It's hard work to do that kind of stuff because you can very easily fall into roles that are, uh, that are, you know, comfortable, but might not be healthy or it's just, it's just easy to, to play that out. And so to actually have the discussions and give each other that space to be, you know, to express those things. That's, that's awesome. What a great, what a great feedback. So she mentions how she's able to, in a non-judgy way and not in conflict, express needs, mm -hmm. you know, where he was just fine, but inwardly he wasn't fine. Mm -hmm. And so now through this communicating, my question to the, to the room is how do you go about expressing needs and or hurts to your spouse? Like she says, they do it outside of any conflict, which is brilliant. Mm -hmm. And it's actually something I teach mm -hmm. and don't mm -hmm. particularly follow, which is, <laughs> um, the way I was trained is they're called marriage staff meetings, which is like the worst term <laughs> ever, mm -hmm. but it's periodically once a week, every other week, however mm -hmm. often getting together and saying, Hey, am I meeting your needs? How can I meet your needs better mm -hmm. so that it's not in conflict? So they're brilliant yeah. Trixie and Malcolm because mm -hmm. they're doing that. How do you communicate your needs to your spouses and also or friends? Well, I mean, also if you're on Facebook too, this, this is the opportunity to, to join us. You're at the table with us. So please, you know, please join in if you're on Facebook, you know, how do you, how do you meet the, how do you do that with what Jay just described uh, with your spouse or, or intimate relationships? Um, Chris, how, how do you, yeah. any? Um, I, I will say this for most of our marriage, we were very, very bad at communicating with each other about our emotional needs. Um, and it would always end, you know, you, you, things build up inside of you until it ends in a fight, in an argument, in a conflict. And um, it's only in more recent years, um, and a lot of it has to do with, with learning about relational needs, that um, I, I will say this. We, we do not, and we've done, like, we did marriage counseling, you know, for uh, several years ago. Like, just, all, all you know, we've tried things, you know, sure. about communi communicating better and stuff. And I remember the our therapist saying the same kind of thing as far as, like, uh, like the weekly staff meeting kind of thing. Yeah. Like... Well and, right, and we There's still no better name for it. I've tried. We never, were, we we could not get good at that. Right. So we still to this day don't don't necessarily do that. But what we have gotten a lot better at is, um, well, I, 
me, I'll speak for myself. I, I've always been a defensive person, like, and I've always felt like when someone says something that's in disagreement with me, or or that they don't, you know, li- like that I'm doing or whatever, then my initial response is to feel upset about it in a personal way, like it's about me. And um, I and we have gotten a lot better at. In, in communicating our own emotional needs to each other, mm. we are also not taking those on ourselves or turning it into something selfish or, or, or turning it into something that, 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 um, this, this automatic reaction that we might have toward anger or, um, or defense, or, you know, whatnot. And, um, we're just, we're able to communicate, uh, in a way that, that's just, it, it flows. I don't know how, like, it just, it flows, you know, back and forth. She can say something to me and I, mm-hmm. I just listen. It's like, it sounds like the simplest thing in the world, mm-hmm. but we had the hardest time with that for, for the longest time. But it's important. And it's because I think you've come so far that you're now able to hear. Because before, if she says, listen, here's what I'm not getting from you, mm-hmm. you would feel terrible and you made it about you. We talk about the four mm-hmm. poor emotional responses. One is being right. selfish. So now you're not saying, oh my gosh. I'm sorry that I did that. How can I meet that need? You're going, I did it again. Mm -hmm. I'm the worst. I'm the terrible. So by getting healthy and understanding, you're now able to meet her needs. And by the way, I'm still, I mean, and we all are a work in progress. So I am by no means saying (laughs) Jay excluded, of course. Um, I still have the natural reaction to go guilt or defense or whatever, but I'm, now able to recognize that mm-hmm. oh that's what i'm doing and i can act beyond that and with you know by leaving that out of of the equation at least better than i had before so it's yeah great how's it work in your family you don't have to answer nobody has to answer by the way you can always pass i mean i think um in my family how come with, you didn't tell me that no i'm just kidding <laughs> with my with my friendships you didn't have a choice. <laughs> um i think for me it's just um, I want to be treated like an adult and I'm going to treat you like an adult and I'm going to, you know, if we're going to have some, some conversations, we're going to have them. We're going to have them without it being escalated. Like, look, we, we got to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to deal with it and move on. You know, that's, that's how I, to me, I approach most of my relationships. Uh, that's how Alexis and I approach it. You know, if we need to say something, we'll say, and we know we're saying it in love. It's not, it's not too, Jet, like, and that, I think that's an important thing is to have the foundation where you know that when somebody is bringing it up, it is not out of, um, you know, passive aggressiveness. It's not out of spite. It's not to twist the knife or, you know, anything ill will. It's just to be a peacemaker and perpetuate ongoing health. And, and, and like you said, to make it very good. Like, we, you know, that's the goal. And I think, especially with Alexis and I, we know that. Um, and I try to, I try to bring that mentality to all my relationships. And, you know, when you're in a, re- when you're in a relationship, like, like we, we can talk about pretty much anything. And I'm, I'm talking about us in the room here. You know, all of us are really good friends. And I feel like you invest enough time in, into people over the years. You, you plant those seeds, you put those deposits in the bank that when it's time to, you know, discuss or have those, you know, maybe uncomfortable or harder situations, you have enough goodwill built up where, Again, you know that it's not coming at you as an attack. It's coming at you because you know you want it to be better. So that's that's my, like my whole philosophy on on all of this. I think 
what you just described is we talk about the three tenets of a successful relationship. The first being having God at the center of your relationship, not just a bystander that you go to when you're angry. And then the third being mutual giving. But the second one is being open and honest and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I think you've touched on that a lot in being honest. Like, Mm -hmm. look, you know, and that's what Trixie and Malcolm in the beginning, they were missing that component. I think they had the first component Mm -hmm. and they had the third component. You know, they, they gave, he, he worked, she would take care of this, do that, but they weren't being open and honest and certainly not vulnerable. And you weren't always able to be vulnerable because you were dealing with your own hurts, which Mm -hmm. left you feeling like you always had to apologize, which you do so much less now. And yet still it's your predominant, you know, (laughs) reflex is to just simply apologize. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, anything you'd like yeah, to I'll add? I will. Uh, so, Michael and I have been married for three years. So, probably in the last year, things really started shifting where we're realizing, oh, okay, I'm You're not, not going home anymore. This, or, <laughs> you know, um, I think our communication is really good. Um, I think emotionally, the needs we've like how we've come to realize the needs that we have emotionally has been through, well, sometimes it's just easy to recognize. Like for me, oh, I need more time. I can tell if I'm getting frustrated or feeling left out or whatever. So I can just communicate that with him. And he's so good at adjusting. So that's that's one way. But I think this last year, there's been more emotional needs that I'm more aware of that has come from something really hard um more specifically when we'd have people come on our property <laughs> sorry it's funny to me and you know we handle we handle the situations different i oh can yeah, you describe like when you say come on your property can you describe yeah, so, a little bit about what's going on there so, like not necessarily having your friends over for dinner that's not, not what yeah, you mean no someone who's on drugs or you know just dangerous so we have um some, we have multiple units. You have a we compound. Have tenants. We have, you know, there are children there. So I am like protective. You right. Know. You go mama bear. Yeah. And they're not my kids, but it doesn't matter. So anyway, so we were having some, uh, a few visits from this one specific guy who was on drugs. And Michael would handle the situation where, you know, he would hear the guy listen to him, you know, ask him, were you on our property the other night? You know, no, I wasn't there. Meanwhile, I'm like, I don't care to ask you if you are. I'm going to tell you to get off right now, you know. So we have a little bit of a different approach. And I realized out of that, because it did turn into an argument of like, why aren't you just kicking him out? He keeps coming back. Now I have to kick him out Mm -hmm. and the police have to get him. You know, it just escalated. May we narrow down a little bit or focus on that for a second. So as you're getting, as your needs aren't being met in that moment. By yeah. the way he's handling it in yes. his own way. Right. What need is that? Is it is it security? Yes. And feeling safe. Well, that yeah. would be security. Yeah. But so is it but is it also maybe a little bit of support in that, hey, help me do this. We're not getting rid of this guy, or is it or it's one hundred percent security? You know, I I don't know. But I I just Or is it a respect? It like I, I want you safe. to do it my way. Okay. So therefore, is he yeah. not taking care of you in your mind? Right. Like you're caring right. about this guy, but what about mm. me? Oh. You're not taking care of me in this moment. I know you're being loving yeah. and kind to this guy. Mm-hmm. But what about me? Because I'm still, I know you're being nice to this guy. Mm-hmm. And this is what you're handling it. But the way you're handling it, do I not matter as much as I need you to? 
mm. kind of a thing. Yeah. And so that's sort of the approval belonging. Like, yeah. don't you love me as your wife? You, you're supposed to beat this guy's ass right, right now. Yeah. And you that should be is throwing what him I'm out of here. used to. I'm from all the delicate flowers that you have dated before, Michael. Sticking up, <laughs> and, you know. and, her, and her family, her dad, constable. Yeah, yeah constable, right. Constable yeah. dad. Constable dad. So I, yeah, it was just very, very different. And. Well, not yeah. such a stressor. Like having a potentially violent person on your property. Right. And I did, at, he, he, Michael ended up going out of town the following week. So mm. I, so dude comes back on. So I'm like, I'm not playing these games i just went out and you know told him to leave called the cops and had some words so from and then he left so from michael you might need that that security but when michael's gone you're being aggressive and going taking yeah. care of it because uh, what does that mean like like she's not afraid to go well, you're talking about two different things okay all right okay no i mean because the one is how you know it feels like security but it's hey are you taking care of me in this mm -hmm. moment because one i'm used to that and that's that's important to you in that moment. Now, do you doubt his care or love or protection no. of you? No. But in that moment, you mm -hmm. get scared. Plus, also, you're scared for him because you're worried this guy might do something, correct? Yeah. And, and honestly, I'm like, can you handle it? Or do I have to handle Like, can you protect yourself? So now yourself we'll talk about well? Michael's need for respect in this <laughs> oh. moment. No, true. <laughs> because probably, he's in California yeah. right now going, damn well, take care of it. <laughs> right. Take care no, of you when you get home. That's true. <laughs> no, there well, is that I right. need to respect you. So we had we had a couple more experiences where we got to try it out. <laughs> so <laughs> should build some walls. We, we have a they have a we gate. Have gates. Yeah, oh, they do. Gates. So many things we're not saying right now, everybody. Yeah. Let's give a round of applause. We're not going places we shouldn't go. Go ahead. Walls, gates. Um, yeah. So we did have the conversation. So he did feel disrespected by how, you know, just going out there and handling it. So a couple other times, different Michael people felt disrespected yes. by you going out and yes. handling it when he and was there to take care of yes. it. Okay. But wait, can I stop real quick? A different way. Because that is right there. What you just talked about is a perfect example. And I thank you for sharing because that's what 99%. And by that, I mean a hundred percent of couples face is you not having your needs met saying, Hey, aren't you going to protect me? Aren't you going to rise up and aren't you going to protect yourself? And so your needs aren't being met. And so the way you handle that and communicate with that him in the moment takes away his need for respect because you stepped on his toes and said, here's how it's supposed to be done. And so now everybody's needs aren't being yeah. met. And then what happens is we go, okay, well, I'm sorry. Me too. I'm sorry. But we don't fix it. We don't understand how we hurt each other. Now, you've uh, sadly, you've had more practice. Yeah. Well, we did have that conversation. <laughs> right. So I understood, okay, here's how we'll handle it different. So then another situation comes. <laughs> so there's two guys on our property. And Praise God. Now you have two people. <laughs> And I just stayed in the house and was like, okay, I'm going to let Michael handle this. And With 9-1 already dialed, ready to hit one the last time? No, just my pepper spray. Oh. So I'm just waiting and listening. And then I hear the guy swearing at Michael. So then I run out. and like, now I'm going to handle it. And I did end up chasing oh. him down the road. She has her and, door open. Can I give you a hug? Let me hug you. Right. And, no, she only I hugs 45-year-old women. Yeah. Yeah. I needed to get a photo for the police, you know, so I had I had my reason. So I chased them down the road, got some photos, <laughs> got some photos I didn't really want. Um, they mooned me. 
Nice. So I get back on the property. They also come back on the property. Wow. So now I'm standing out there, you know, like having words with them. And Michael's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, Michael, go get the phone. Go get the phone. Call 911. And he's just standing there processing what he what he absolutely needs to do, not what I'm telling him to do. So he then I, I went in the back and he locked the gate so he locked me behind the gate so i couldn't (laughs) and i'm like at the gate like trying with my phone to get photos and video right oh but you're inside the gate i'm behind the gate away from them okay yes i thought he locked you outside no 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 no, no, no. he locked me he's like okay hero take care like like i'm the watchdog or something and and it was really funny your chain kept snapping back and your neck was getting sore i was like you better open this gate right now so we have two locks on the gate i had been asking where's the other lock we need to put the other lock on the gate on the door part you know we couldn't find it couldn't find it all of a sudden he finds the lock and locks me behind the gate so i'm like i'm yelling at him like you unlock this right now right now get the key and i'm trying to get the key out of his pocket and fill them and then i'm like and where did you find the other lock for this i have been asking you for months so then the conversation shifted into where did this lock come from while the two guys are still standing two guys are out there and then we started laughing like you know you really should have told her you found the lock they start start offering marriage advice (laughs) you guys communicate at all then we started laughing so it was quite emotional yeah So out of all that, where are you now? Like, do you guys feel like you've come to a, um, you, you feel like you've come to more of a, an agreement on like how to handle that kind of stuff and, and not even just handle it on, on the surface level, but emotionally, like, how are you in connection? Was that the last time you had that discussion problem? Mm-mm. And what happened to the last time? <laughs> no, the more recent time I went out and handled it again because, okay. So to be fair, this, I think he was homeless he didn't really look homeless, but this guy came on our property and he had a tree branch. Ah, the branch he, story. The branch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Michael was out there talking to him. And I don't really know what all he was saying, but they were out there chatting too for long. a bit. A bit too long for my liking. So I knew more of what the guy did. So Michael was not aware that he came after a child you know, on our property with this tree branch and also tried to walk into their house and, you know, fed the dogs and all this stuff. So Michael was not aware of all of that. So I'm just standing there listening. And then I just had enough of being nice and was like, you know, I mean, I wasn't mean in how I said it, but I said, you come on our property. Anybody here tells you to leave, you leave. You don't come after a child with a tree branch that is threatening. So you can leave. (laughs) And he said, wow, you, your wife is very strong. Mm. Ah! You have a strong woman. Fair. He's not wrong. He's not. So what I hear you saying and what I think we saw with Trixie and Malcolm is, you know, like we have talked many times to say, well, that hurt my feelings. It doesn't really get you anywhere. And that the key is to seek to understand how we hurt the other person so that we can then meet that need. You know, if you just say, well, I need you to be different. Well, that doesn't really no. help. Yeah. But if you say, hey, listen, can you can you count to two minutes? If Mike would say, mm. can you count to three minutes? And if I'm not done in three minutes, you know, because I want to meet your need to protect you, but let me do it my way. So now he's respected and mm-hmm. you know that your need's going to be met in three minutes or whatever. And you can say, hey, I'll feel much more secure 
If I know you are going to say these words, mm-hmm. leave my effing wife alone, get your ass out of mm-hmm. here. And you'll be like, that's my man. Yeah. And, you know, but if, <laughs> if we don't know what those yeah. needs are and mm-hmm. the fact that they're not being met, we can't be open and honest because when we're open, yeah. honest and frustrated, because we're just like, no, that's not it. Right. And he's like, what right, do you right. want from me? Or, you know, that's what people say in a relationship. And that's what keeps us from being very good. And that's why Trixie and Malcolm can, in their own way, they figured out their own time to use our podcast as a foil of, hey, what did you think mm. about this? Mm-hmm. It takes them into their sort of uh, staff meeting. Mm-hmm. But with the base understanding of what those needs are and that vocabulary. When I teach people how to love in, in pre-marriage teaching. I always, their first lesson is I teach the top 10 emotional needs. And then I say, which whenever, whichever one of you is more artistic, start making the doilies and put it on the bathroom mirror, like your top emotional needs so that we can learn to use that in a vocabulary, which takes you from being good, but yet frustrated to very good and having the needs met. And I think that's the way most people can do better. Do better. Hmm. Exactly. Well, I have a question. So on my, the form that I filled out, your emotional, the emotional needs, needs questionnaire. Form, yeah. So security was quite low on that list hmm. on, i was gonna i was gonna ask you about this as you were telling your story because okay so sorry no you know her better than i do so go ahead well that was my question if 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 security in that situation is such a high need but she's low on the security in that but but you could take that test five times and probably no. get five different answers no, here's what i would say if i may yeah, please. I don't know what You've I'm shown it isn't so much security that is not being met in that situation. It's approval belonging, which is, hey, don't you care? That you take care of me. Because mm. you clearly weren't insecure because you went and took care of it yourself. Oh, okay. If you really had a high need for security, you would sit there and be scared and calling 911. Oh. But what you want is for him to stick up for you. And yeah. handle things. So either it's support, which is help me protect this family or this mm. property. Don't make me do this by myself. Or do you value me as your wife? Why aren't you protecting? Why aren't you beating the crap out of this guy? Mm. Because you're used. That's an expression yeah. of love. Right. So now this is foreign to me. You're not doing that. And I don't like that. Yeah. And so and or so help me protect other people. So that's why right. security isn't that high of a need for you, which even a little bit I know. That makes sense because okay. you're hugging 45 year old women that you think is a 12 year old. <laughs> you're moving across the country at a relatively young age. You're independent. And then for the record, Mike, uh, Michael likes the three minute rule. Yeah. Yeah. That's really Mike good. approves of three minute rule, three right. minute. Rule. So then he maintains the respect and you get to know that he is taking care of you still. Yeah. And I, I was going to add to that with the more recent incident, Michael's strategy was the, if this guy is homeless, he may be on drugs. He may be, you know, so let's not make him mad. Right. Because yeah. Michael's more up here yeah. and you're used, to, I'm pointing yes. to my head, and you're used to the brawn and the yeah. whatever else. Right. Gotta See, that's how that works. And now you guys can do better. <laughs> now we can do, now we can do better. Now they can do better. But, you, you know, do you have a do better? I don't. I have a can't do better. I have a can't do better also. Oh, wow. I'm the only one with a do better. Here it is. And it's a little bit touchy and so don't yell at me because i always say we can't go over some certain topics dateline new york city (laughs) naked cowboy chased off by new york city protesters who say he was antagonizing at city hall so as anybody known in manhattan is the naked cowboy and his name is believe it or not robert burke not the robert burke that i am friends with who sends me a lot of direct messages on facebook of links (laughs) that i always just delete robert if you're listening stop doing that (laughs) 
<laughs> it was a brief appearance. Hey, no. do better. <laughs> Times Square guitar slinging naked cowboy who famously croons in little more than tidy whities drifted south to the anti-cop protest outside City Hall on Tuesday, but was quickly chased away by angry demonstrators who accused him of trying to rustle up trouble. The barely clothed busker, real name Robert Burke, found a chilly reception when he arrived around 2 p.m. at City Hall Park. First of all, do better all the things. Yeah. The puns. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Puns. Um, so the demonstrators are doing that. Very nice meeting you, he yelled out. Get the F out of here, yelled one less than amused protester who followed him to make sure he got the hell out. We're going to make sure you leave. You support Donald Trump, another demonstrator could be heard saying through a megaphone. Another one called him an Uncle Tom. He kept walking. Speakers began blasting. Na, na, hey, hey, kiss him goodbye. <laughs> and they uh, caused Burke to wheel around and join in on a guitar while fist pumping and dancing. Get that naked mother effer off the block. Uh, Burke again kept walking away from all of them. After walking away, he stopped by and talked to reporters and said, I'm not trying to antagonize. He said, they replied, you are antagonizing. The reporters said that? No, the people that are oh. following him. <laughs> okay, right. They're in, there's a lot of do-betters in this situation, yeah. but yeah. Uh, he goes on to say that he took the Trump stickers off and that he was just trying to go and maybe have a sense of community with these people and whatever else. Mm. But the fact that they followed him yeah. saying you're antagonizing me. Mm -hmm. Now, I know there isn't a lot of logic out there, but <laughs> you got to do better than that. So I don't care for their tactics. I like the puns in the story. I do not care for that. Part. I do not care for that. Chris, you want to go? Or you want me to go? Uh, I'll go. Okay. Dateline, India. Two million people in India gather to plant 20 million trees along the river Ganges. Ah, the Ganges River. All while social distancing. You been there? No, but I've heard of it. Ah, right. Heard the water's really good to drink from. It's the biggest river in India. Nice. Maybe so, in Europe goes something like this. In the Indian state of Uttar Pradesh, there is space enough for trees to grow and space enough for 2 million residents to plant truckloads of trees while social distancing. I did the math. For 2 million people to plant 20 million trees, each person would plant 10 trees, which that's that's a... How many feet apart? <laughs> At least six. So right? how, how, many, how much of a square footage no. of area? No. <laughs> Come on, Ben. Where, where's, where's the Ben? <laughs> yeah. We need to get Ben on this. Um, although the virus had spread has spread fast throughout the country, its threat was not enough to dissuade the government of the most populous Indian state from conducting a mass tree planting campaign. What virus? Along the banks of the River Ganges. I heard there's one going around. Hmm. Um, their goal is to shade a third of the nation under tree cover by the year 2030. And the article goes on with more details, but that's the crux of it is that and I, I, I love environmental, ecological type stories. And and I had said, you know, before this, is this is this a, a can't do better, or is this just a bunch of people doing something kind of? I don't simple, think you can do better than planting two million trees. Tw Twenty wow, million. Distancing. Tw yeah, ah, I could do better in listening. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> two million people. Twenty that's million trees. So it's like each person is just planting a few trees. But when you do it at that magnitude, it's like. Uh, for the record, uh, the Ganges River is the sixteenth longest river in asia so i should do better in my knowledge of river lanes although i would like to point out uh the number one longest river in asia anyone 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 in asia in the, asia the nile very close wrong continent <laughs> that's africa 
Oh, that is Africa. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, be the Yangtze. <laughs> the Amazon. The Yangtze River. Oh. Oh, right. I forgot about China. But number two, also a very famous book, is The Yellow River. Do you know the author of that book? Uh, Ernest Hemingway. I.P. Daly. Oh, <laughs> he is full of the jokes tonight. Puns. Yellow River. Yellow IP. River. Oh, I get it. Daily. There it is. <laughs> you see the light? There it is. Light bulb right above her head. There it is. Dateline. Speaking of viruses, China. Uh, video. Man catches toddler falling from fourth story air conditioning unit. This is a different one than the one we did. Nope. This is a different one. Because I, I, we did one a couple weeks ago where I think it was... Um, like Michigan or something, and a guy just like ran up and yep. and like like caught him like a football. There was a kid falling. Yes, but this one is coming from China. Man catches toddler falling from fourth story unit air conditioning unit. I said unit twice. <laughs> Don't say unit. Unit. <laughs> and there's footage. We'll link it. Amazing video footage out of China shows a toddler falling from a fourth story air conditioning unit outside an apartment building. Bystanders had placed blankets on the landing below in an attempt to soften the impact, but it was a well-positioned adult man who secured the child as he ricocheted towards a dangerous edge. Uh, basically, the kid locked his grandmother, uh, the toddler locked his grandmother outside the apartment before crawling out the window onto the AC unit. Wow. Um, he climbed precariously onto the back of the mach- side of the machine where he held on for a few seconds. After a few tense moments, the child lost his grip and fell four stories. The hero man... <laughs> The hero man. <laughs> hero man. The hero man Hello. reached up and caught the child as he neared a ledge, pulled him in, and carried him away on his shoulders to frantic family members. That is so, amazing. You can't do better than that. You no. cannot do better than now, that. Now, where was he that he fell from? Unit. Oh, okay. That was an air conditioning unit. Unit. Wow. Well, good for that guy. Do we get the guy's name? Hero man. Hero man. That's as close as that's as close God as we bless get. You, hero man. Uh, yep, in China, hero man. That's gonna be that's gonna be the next big thing. The hero man costume. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with that, that's probably a good note to end on. Uh, we want to thank you all for joining us. We want to thank you, Amanda, for um, joining us two weeks in a row now. Yay. Maybe thank we get three. Maybe we get three awesome. next week. You and Michael both come. I don't know. And you oh, guys, Michael. Can, he can defend he can defend himself uh next yeah. week um but no we, we we do want to thank everybody for joining in on the facebook stream as well um again this is the table and we want you to feel welcome here we want you to feel like you can have your voice heard this isn't just a in the room discussion we're all in this together at the table Christina Marriage has said kids need to stop falling out of windows. They do, for real, off of units. Well, he didn't fall out of a window. He, he crawled out, out of the yeah. window. After locking his grandmother. So maybe grandma What did grandma do? Do better. Do better, grandma. That's Gosh, not good babysitting. No. That is not good babysitting. So Michael needs to talk to her. With that, this has been episode seven six of Lunchtime in Rome. Um we want to thank everybody once again for joining in. Uh, please, again, if you if you want to give us a good review, five-star review, that would be great. Go to lunchtimeinrome.com. Uh, go to all the different um, ways that you can connect with us, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that, all that stuff. Um, and with that, we are going to say... Later, Gator. Adios. Bye. You can't even talk. Stop talking. (laughs) Nobody can even hear you. Anything that you can do to get a leg up on people, right? Well, wear your mask. Mm. I like little Lachlan, 14 years old. It's just a booger, I'm I'm sure. I'm easily grossed out. Can I call you C3 Papo? 
got some photos I didn't really want. Um, they mooned me. <laughs> We'll be right back. 